0: Just hit a button, Morty, give me a beat. Oh man, okay, alright, um.
1: We hit the floor, we hit the floor. Lace up the sneaks, lace up the sneaks. Turn up the beat, run it like track, get done like a chalk. get done like a chop. They asking for more, they asking for more. One thing for sure, one thing for sure. We take the lead and run up the score, run up the score. We hit the floor, we hit the floor. Lace up the sneaks, lace up the sneaks, turn up the beat track get done like a chalk get done like a chalk they asking for more they asking for more one thing for sure one thing for sure we take the lead and run up the score run up the score yeah get out of my way get out of my hey. way my range is the gym my range hey. is the gym just be on the court, be- man i don't know if i know Better how to talk in a
0: music on- studio right
1: oh yeah i don't know if i know how to talk on camera anymore i just put the selfie up there and i start rapping and it. it's a lot easier welcome to big facts <laughs> <laughs> this is our introduction on, Yes, our triumph you know, and return. Yeah, this is uh, so. It's a return to the to the camera and the desktop. Return to sports. Return to you and I talking about sports and disagreeing on everything. Return from South America and uh, return to a complete U.S. economic collapse. It's great. We're
0: not collapsing yet. That's not fair. <laughs> Gas is just expensive. Stop driving fucking expensive cars, and you'll be okay.
1: Well, I have to. It's part of my business. Uh, today, right.
0: You're building the metaverse, bro. That's it. You just got to build all these. Digital there's someone making eighteen dollars an hour at
1: Subway in the metaverse right now. Did you know that? Eighteen dollars <laughs> an hour at Subway. That, that's um, another, we're episode, ma- we're that's another episode, bro. Meta, making meta sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so, what so uh, first, uh, we got we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're gonna skip over a lot that's happened in the last couple months. But lucky for us. Uh, James Harden trade did happen a couple weeks ago, and we've had the pleasure of watching a uh, Sixers team win five out of six games. So we're going to talk to that. Uh, We have the NFL draft coming up. Looking back on that, Justin, by the way, the NFL draft over the last two years, we have hit on just about everything except for liking Rager coming into the draft two years ago. Offensive linemen wide receivers like second round third round wide receivers van the van jeffersons the t higgins the first round guards the the maybe a little bit back and forth on quarterbacks missed on a couple last year but overall i mean a good run so we'll dedicate a whole nother couple is, is episodes you willing to,
0: to admit that i was right that trevor lawrence and mitchell
1: trubisky jr suck more the uh more the more the jets guy then I want to give Lawrence a year without Urban Meyer and see what's going on. But that, that's P is going to bring out everything in him, right? <laughs> Listen, man, he brought out a lot and a lot of people. So we'll we'll get in a couple draft episodes. You have a couple Eagles points to bring up. Um, let's talk about let's talk about this whole James Harden situation stemming from last year. Um, us trying to get him a couple years back, and people. Just adamant that you know Ben Simmons was was going to reach that potential, not wanting Harden to come in. Um, I know you were more on the train of hey, I I I would like Harden to come here, but he's never won anything, and I'm not giving up Tyrese Maxey. More people were on the train of I think Ben Simmons is going to be better. James Harden's 33 years old uh, and hasn't won anything. I was on the trade of. Um, go get them whatever it takes because we have a three-year window and I think this opens up the whole floor and I love the fit with Joel Embiid. Uh, we got the best of both worlds and Daryl Morey knew better than both of us because he waited it out. Um, he got into a saga with Ben Simmons and then he ended up getting the guy that we wanted without giving up Thibel or Tyrese Maxey. And I think at this point we can take a look at Thibel in this mix of everything and and, and say he's probably expendable, Um, but we are able to keep Tyrese Maxey. We have James Harden. We have three guys on the team that we would consider a big three, now averaging almost 90 points a game. Um, So take me through this entire process, what you're seeing over these last five games, and especially being able to see this team last night without James Harden on the floor, and like what a difference. I know they were on a back-to-back. I know they were playing the Miami Heat, but just a huge difference, and what a big difference it makes for both Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey.
0: For sure. So so starting first, I can't talk about this without leading the way that I have every phone call we've had together since the trade happened. And that's fuck Ben Simmons. I I, I wish I don't ever wish injury or anything bad on any any athlete ever. And I'm not going to wish injury on Ben Simmons, because first of all, it probably won't be true. It'll be a lie that he's hurt anyway. But but second of all, I just hope that he does play. And has to get booed off every court he ever fucking plays for again in the rest of his career because fuck that guy. So that's first. Yeah. Second, yeah. um, uh, you yeah, fuck that guy. I I was I was adamant when we talked about this before that I would not give up Tyrese Maxey. and I know mm-hmm. that part of your comfort in giving Tyrese Maxi is, is you're getting a, a, a I mean an NBA seventy five member, a lock hall yeah. gamer, and James Harden. You give up what you gotta. Sure. But I don't think any of us assumed. That a week after James Harden started playing, a week after the trade that acquired him, that we would use the term big three and not have Tobias Harris's name in that big three. That's what everybody would have assumed. Now, I have two it's points. A great about, point. I have two points about the James Harden acquisition that that are are imperative that lead right into the rotation and how I really don't think Doc Rivers might be the coach that's going to take us to the to the NBA finals because he pisses me off, which we'll get to. So Tyrese Maxey in the four games that he played with James Harden, Tyrese Maxey averages 26.7 points a game. And I think I didn't look up his, his percentages because I hear them on the radio every it's
1: fucking 70% day. from three. I'm not sure what, yeah. what the overall it's, it's is. It's fucking
0: yeah. disgusting. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. Ridiculous. Now, we knew we talked about this when they drafted Ty Maxey at 21 or 22, wherever he was. We Me were too, yeah. elated because you got a guard from Kentucky okay, in the yeah. fucking 20s. And not like the third-string guard in Kentucky that year. Their premier guard you got in the 20s. So Tyrese Maxey, going back to being a 16-year-old kid in prep school, was a combo guard. Now, I was impressed the the first half of the season while Ben Simmons was crying like a bitch in his fucking room with whichever famous girlfriend he had at that time. I thought he facilitated well enough. Not enough to be a real contender, a top-five team in the East, but he he did well for, for what you were asking him to do. Yeah. Bringing James Harden in here, who is a legitimate facilitator, like we, everybody talks about James Harden's scoring ability, which is unbelievable. I mean, James Harden's yeah. a microwave. You could be down six points and up eight with James Harden on the floor in, in, in 90 seconds. It's His scoring ability is unbelievable. But his facilitation is, I don't think I appreciated it enough until I saw what he did here. George Niang had 19 the other night off the bench. Um, the positions that he puts players in, is consistently the right one
1: i mm-hmm. haven't
0: seen him make more than a handful of what i call bad passes mm-hmm. since he's put on a sixers uniform that put somebody in a position to get the ball and not know what to do with it which leads me directly into the next point tyrese maxey is the future of this team that's that's the the first point tobias harris has got to go bro I, I leave the contract aside because it, it is maybe next to John Wall, the worst contract in the NBA, and Houston's going to buy John Wall out in the summer anyway. Beyond the contract, this is the four games that Toby played, and I believe I did look at his percentages. I don't think he shot over 35% from the floor in any of these four games. That's counting threes, which he's at like 17% in these four games or something. He's mm-hmm. got 15, 14, 12, and six. He's averaging under 12 points a game.
1: Yeah. And
0: last night, on the, ba- the back leg of a thousand mile difference back to back, where Joe's tired, Tyree 40 minutes, you needed Tobias Harris to at least give you 20, 22. And if it was inefficient, it doesn't matter. You got 22. Inefficiently, he put up 16 points in like 36 or 37 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he is just not the guy moving forward, which leads into what you just mentioned a minute ago with, with Matisse Thibel. I believe Tobias Harris and Matisse Thibel, and maybe a Jaden Springer or an Isaiah Joe, one of these bench guys that doesn't get time on a championship team, can pull you out a disgruntled four, or a team that's got to rip it down because they're not close enough. You need to get a real stretch four, yeah. On this team as soon as possible. Obviously, it's not going to be this year. Whatever we can accomplish is going to be with Toby this year.
1: Yeah, and, that, and that's that's on un, that's unfortunate um, because I think if if anything is going to hold us back, it's it's the lack of depth at those big positions. And I'm curious to see. Like I, I, I know I've watched the Andre Jordan, you know, kind of get shuffled around. And if I can get if I can get a B minus version of Andre Drummond. Drummond out of DeAndre Jordan, I, it's huge, but we're it's just such a big issue that when you have to put a, a sub of four and or not use Toby there, that Paul Millsap's on the floor uh, because I haven't watched Paul Millsap in a couple of years and I'm watching him now with his team and I don't know what's going to happen come playoff time and I know he's a veteran, but I, it's. He's just, he shouldn't be on the floor. Unfortunately, no, no. unfortunately, you have to have him on the floor because you don't have any bigs to take that place. Sure. And this um, is the
0: reason why DeAndre Jordan has a 10-day contract and he wasn't signed for the rest of the season. Doc said it pregame yesterday. He has no idea what they're going to get out of DeAndre Jordan. He's, he's a great locker room guy. He's a vet. He, he can teach guys some things. But at this stage, where you are after the Harden acquisition, if you're not Uh, providing anything other than leadership, be a fucking coach, bro. Like you don't need to take up a roster spot because I got to tell you, I mentioned this to you the other day and and you disagree with me on this. Um, I believe that some, some combination, one or the other, maybe both of them come, come the near future. I think Bassie and Reed have a place on this team. I think Paul Reed has shown you enough. The problem with Paul Reed is strength. He's just, he's an undersized center or he's an OFI four. He doesn't really have a natural position because of his build. And Bassey is just a small center. Bassey doesn't have the shot that, that Paul Reed does. I think that they have a guy on the roster that could help. But the problem is, bro, is you, again, as we just mentioned, one of your big threes, a 21-year-old kid in his, yeah. in, his, in his second year of being relevant. You know, so, you can't you can't add that guy into the mix come playoff time and hope Paul Reed doesn't
1: fuck you out of a second. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's probably in. not gonna see minutes, and and it's it's hard to. It's really hard to judge this team too because I know Doc's trying to figure out these rotations right now. Uh, but there was a point last night. I mean, you're again, you're trying to pull out this win in Miami, and and the and some of the the combinations of fives uh, just don't make any sense. So it's like leaving leaving Maxie out there with the, an ice-cold Tobias Harris and having them as your two options and then having some of your worst three-point shooters on the floor. I think at that point Isaiah Joe and Danny Green were on the floor together, maybe with Paul Millsap, and that was the five-man rotation. And you're basically just able to clamp down on Maxie because Harris has been so cold. You have to be able to put a guy like Niang out there at that point Someone that can get hot from three, like anyone but Danny Green, just because this season really just hasn't been his season. There was just there's some other combination of players that would have worked. And I think Miami went on like an eight-two or a 10-2 run and, and started to increase that gap. And then they subbed Joel and beat in like a minute and a half too late. He played the whole third quarter, but you have a day off tomorrow. Like, give him the extra minute. He wasn't playing well, he wasn't getting enough touches. They were fronting him and he wasn't getting the ball. Um, they have to be able to, to counter something with that. And he did get out Coach, You said it to me last night. Spo just out-coached him. He was denying Joel Embiid the ball. You have to find ways to get Dude, Joel. They were,
0: they were triple-teaming Joe yeah. at the three-point line. The first time you see that as a head coach in the NBA, stop running your offense that way. Joe cannot operate if he's double-teamed at the three-point line. Like, he has definitely improved his step-through and his pass out of a double-team. But you don't put him 27 feet away from the fucking bucket and yeah. then ask him to find a way to facilitate with three defenders in his face. Yeah, like and, it, is, and I said to you, I know Spo is Spo is probably at the end of the day going to be a top five coach all time, maybe top seven. Spo's a great coach. He's a great and coach, I don't yeah. need Doc Rivers to be as good as that guy. But motherfucker, when you make the 15 best coaches in history, like you did, like that fucking bullshit list I had to argue with everybody about a couple of weeks ago, yeah. you have to be able to adjust better than that.
1: And I got to tell you,
0: man, these slow starts, right? I heard it all day on the radio yesterday. These slow starts have to stop. They have to find a way to start faster. I don't disagree with that. They do need to find a way to start faster. But the problem is, is Doc Rivers, his entire career, go back to when he won in 08 with the Celtics. He does not make adjustments until halftime. He just doesn't do it. He's not good at seeing lifetime adjustments. And what I've watched in the last five games, four with Harden on the court and one without, when James Harden is on the floor playing, I mean, I watched it in the, the, the Cavs game. James Harden went up to Doc and said, I'm fucking going in and we're going to we're gonna stop this run. Yeah. We got to so, figure this out. So and another,
1: an- another issue that I think we're going to have is I really don't believe I truly and I know, uh, you know, Maury hired was hired D'Antoni, I believe, in Houston. Yeah. He was the guy that actually hired him. Um, D'Antoni has that reputation for locking up the one seed, winning 65 games year after year, and then getting knocked out in the second or third round of the playoffs. Sometimes in the first round, his teams don't typically play defense. Doc's a little bit different of a coach. You see the well, team the play opposite. defense. He's the opposite it, it, guy the of Right. The offense sometimes can't get going. But he allowed D'Antoni to go years and years and years of getting knocked out of the playoffs. Um, and because they kept locking up that one seed. So we're a couple games behind Miami at this point. I think last night dropped us to, to three. But there's a good chance that with the amount of games we have left, that with, with Harden now coming into this team, that we can lock, lock that one seed in and be able to do that for the next couple of years. So it's hard for me to, to sit and look like watching a coach lock up the one seed maybe get knocked out in the in the semifinals or the Eastern Conference finals, and then management coming up and hiring someone new. The thing I can possibly see is uh, a LeBron type of situation where Ty Lue took over for the Cavs coach, and maybe you have Sam Cassell taking over for Doc Rivers. But to be honest with you, I think – you need to just bring in a, a whole new coach. And I don't see Maury doing that at any point. I I just don't. Oh, I,
0: I absolutely, I think there's there's one successful end to this team. And it doesn't necessarily mean win the finals. If you lose a seven-game series against the Bucks or the Heat in the Eastern Conference Final and you're in every single game, and yeah. a, a Toronto Raptors Kawhi Leonard fucking quadruple bounce is what eliminates you. I think Doc Rivers gets another chance. If you get run off the court in any series except for the finals, everybody forgets this, bro. Doc is not Darryl Morey's coach. Doc right. is Elton's hire. Doc yeah. came a couple of weeks before Morey came. And while, while we look at the hierarchy of how a fucking basketball team works, bro, <clears throat> Elton Brand is still the general manager. Mm-hmm. Daryl Morey is the vice president of basketball operations. That's the guy that matters. That is the guy who gets to choose what happens. And while I love all the things that Elton has done, I think Elton was huge past the Colangelo's. I think a lot of the moves that he's made have been good. I think the draft picks that he's made have been good. Elton's a great guy to have in the front office. But if Elton's going to die on the hill of Doc, see you, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm not, not going to be able to go in to a 34-year-old season of James Harden, one more year on the knees and back of Joel Embiid, still having Tobias Harris's fucking terrible contract. Well, that's no, that. I I,
1: I trust Maury to move that contract next year.
0: Well, look at what he did with Al Horford. Yeah, I mean he's he said, he's going he's going to move Green, that contract. Danny Green is is kind of a, a, a an itch to the nutsack to all of us now. But when that trade went down, bro, you yeah. you turned out Horford's and, uh, terrible yeah. contract. Into Danny Green in a first round pick.
1: And you and you but, got he ended up getting Seth Curry for, for right. pretty much nothing. I mean, Wait, that let's was talk that, about
0: this real quick. We got to go back to the beginning of this conversation about this trade. Yeah, and
1: after it. whatever you're about to say, I want to talk about specifically last night's game and a conversation I had with the Heat fans. Sure, so go ahead. Sure.
0: So so so, real quickly, just to go back to the beginning of this conversation. I need to know where these people get whatever it is that they're on <laughs> that believe that the Brooklyn Nets won this trade. <laughs> I need to know where it is. I need to know how to access it. You don't have to give it to me. I'll pay for still it. Though, I'll find it.
1: They still say it?
0: So, yeah. So so let's let's look at uh, – this is, this is what I wanted to bring this up for. So we're going to look at what is reasonable, like what we're watching happen, the reality. We're going to look at real quick the best case and the worst case, right? So reality right now, Seth Curry's a great three-point shooter. He was what he was before he was traded. He's just going to be that guy forever. DeAndre, or Andre Drummond is a, can he start and play 30 minutes? Yeah. You know, on a team where you've got Kevin Durant on the floor? Sure. Because you don't need any offense out of that position. And the motherfucker grabs 20 rebounds in 18 minutes most nights. But he's a backup center in this league. He's not a top 15 center. It's just not who he is. You gave up an unprotected 22 or 23 pick. Brooklyn picks at the end of the season. Um, Who cares? It's going to be in the late 20s. And then your pick that you pushed out five years for two seasons is protected one through eight. And if the protections hold, it turns into two second round draft picks in cash. Somebody needs to explain to me how you believe with everything I just laid out that Ben Simmons, who in reality or realness is not playing right now because of back injury, which just means he's not going to fucking embarrass himself right now in the best case scenario. You see the Ben Simmons that we saw a year and a half ago in Philadelphia. Really good defender, good facilitator, but cannot be. And it's it's a liability liability in playoff time, yeah. Right. You're playing four on five. Now, again, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the floor, maybe you don't need to worry about that. Maybe his facilitation will work. I don't see how that works because the ball's got to be in Ben's hands to be effective, and so does it Kevin Durant and Kyrie. But regardless, that's your best case. Your worst case scenario is what I feel like we're seeing play out right now. I believe that, first of all, Ben Simmons is not going to play one game for the Brooklyn Nets this season. He will not put on a jersey and play this year. With that coming, you got to think as as the owner of the Nets and the GM of the Nets, bro, if if you have Kevin Durant who wanted to bring together Kyrie and Harden to build the super team of the East, and now that LeBron's out West, we own the East and we're going to be the guy every year. Kyrie's not going to get vaccinated and still can't play with, with the vaccine mandates. KD can't stay healthy to save his life. And if he's got to be out there 40 fucking minutes a game, he's just going to continue to get hurt. Mm -hmm. If Ben Simmons doesn't touch the court this year, if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm saying to management, you either find a fucking way to make this guy be the all, all NBA defender and guy he's supposed to be, or get me the fuck out of here and send me somewhere where I can fucking win. And that is what they're staring down right now, bro. And that I think the worst case is much more likely than the best case. Yeah, so I a, don't a, think the best case can happen.
1: At some point, KD's got to get a, a a feeling like Harden has and want to go somewhere where everybody just wants to win. Because I obviously, you know, the the most important thing to Kyrie Irving and he said it multiple times is not winning basketball games. It's not really even playing in the NBA. It's it's there's there's actually six or seven things on the list before being an NBA player. That um, so <laughs> I, I get I, you know if I'm if I'm Kevin Durant, and my goal was to win a champion. The whole point of Kevin Durant teaming up with all those guys in Brooklyn before even James. Harden got there was to try to prove that he can be the alpha on a championship team and that he can win without Steph Curry.
0: It's got to hurt him in his soul to understand that that Steph was the guy.
1: Yeah. And he's, and he's getting the opportunity now and he's finding like, Hey, if I only have, even if I have only have Kyrie halftime, I really can't be the alpha. Like he's finding out like he, and and his his injuries don't help, but just KD himself is not going to win a championship against any of these teams in the East, any of these teams in the West, the teams overall are much better. And Oh, by the way, we talk about this all the time. Basketball is a team sport, right? Um, So he's got to be pretty pissed off. And Kyrie is – even if they lift this 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 mandate in New York and Kyrie gets to play all these games in the playoffs, you just lost James Harden. Ben Simmons probably is going to touch the ball. If Ben – I, I hope – I hope Ben Simmons gets an opportunity – to play a playoff game with the Brooklyn Nets, having only maybe played three regular season games to try to get connected with the team, and he goes out there and, and tries to play. Like, I, I want to see Ben Simmons in the playoffs this year. I would love and, to see and think Ben think
0: about that, bro. Think about that That starting five, right? Like, I'm just trying to imagine, in my mind, your starting five would have to be Ben, KD, Kyrie, Seth Curry, I guess because Joe Harris is out for the rest of the year now. Seth, Seth Curry would have to be in that mix somewhere or somehow yeah and andre drummond yeah i'm not sure two guys on that starting five that are complete offensive liabilities you get nothing on the offensive side of the ball in the half court and you're trying to tell me you're not going to get blown out but bro imagine charlotte charlotte who the fuck thought we'd be talking about Charlotte being a, a contender? Well, they, being a real they're going to have
1: to, they might, first of all, they might not make the playoffs. So let's talk about that That's first. That's true, bro. If can they, you if imagine?
0: They... Can you imagine James Harden comes a year and a half ago and we're the cream of the crop. And a year and a half later, the Brooklyn Nets don't even make, not the playoffs, Aaron. Remember we're in this new COVID world. Yeah. Where there's a fucking play in tournament yeah. and you might miss that.
1: Well, right now they're, they're eighth, right? So they would have to play, uh there's a combination of that plane would be the Raptors, the Hornets and the Hawks. I, I'm not too confident. I picked the Hawks. That, I pick the Hawks yeah, every no, not, time I'm, and what I'm saying is and the Hawks are injured right now. One of the reasons they're standing where they are is cuz they have like three or four injured guys, a uh, couple in their starting lineup. So, you have to go against the Hawks or the Hornets. I mean, I'm I'm not interested in playing Trey Young in a playing tournament. When, no way. No way. Like, it, 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 we, we played them last year. They beat us. One of the reasons they beat us is Ben Simmons didn't shoot the ball, and Trey Young was cooking everybody that tried to guard him. Nobody could guard Trey Young. Now I getting- will
0: say this. I do I did want to mention that before you talk about your heat point, real quick. Trey Young's having a rough year, bro. Trey yeah, Young yeah. is struggling well,
1: with this rule change. It's the yeah, it's, it's hard. Changed. Hardens Harden's figured it out, and, and Trey's still <laughs> trying to. So um, tell me, tell me about this heat conversation that you had. All right, this is this is rough. This is real rough. I gotta Got a woosah. So Shake it off so you don't punch your computer. The, f- the first thing that happened last night, this was the first part of the conversation. We'll get into the team part later. And, and I want you to answer this without bias because I answered it without bias, but I gave a counterpoint. So okay. it's not it, – don't just take this point for what I'm about to make it. I had a Heat fan hit me up last night, and he said he, – he he wrote, Harrow, Greater, Maxi. Okay? Okay. Just hold on. Just hold on one second. So I said to him, listen, th- this is is my true belief. I actually truly truly feel this way because we're I don't have a recency bias and I'm not going to take what I've seen with Tyrese Maxey just for the last 5 games and and then put him up against the guy that A has another year on him, B is coming off the bench and C just like overall like right this second if I had to play one game I think I would take Tyler Harrow right now over Tyrese Maxey. And and it's really just because I'm not I'm trying to void my recency bias of the last five games and see if Maxi can continue to do something like this. He's not going to shoot 70% for three, but if he can average you know 20 to 24 points and keep on this type of streak and shoot well, then then it's switched. But any other time but this year, if you say pick a guy for next year, two years, five years, it's not even close. It's not even close. So I said to him, listen, right now, right this second, if I had to pick a game, like we're playing a game today, I'd probably pick Tyler Harrow over Tyrese Maxey. I then went and looked at the, the numbers, okay? So a couple things. A- um, first of all, Tyler Hero comes off the bench for the Heat. He doesn't even start for whatever reason. Duncan Robinson starts over him. But it's almost the same concept that we talked about with the Harden trade, where I said to you, I wonder if they're just going to have Tyrese Maxey come off the bench and just be the so they have off that, the bench, right. just so they have that guy with that spark. Not that he shouldn't be starting, but it'd be nice to have him on the bench unit. And we're actually kind of like seeing that right now. Sometimes it's hard for them to generate offense on that second unit when it's just Harden and everybody else. So maybe they do something with the lineup. But if it's not broke, don't fix it. i like what's going on um so tyrese maxi i don't know if you knew this uh tyler hero is averaging two more points a game tyrese maxi is shooting 48 percent from the floor to tyler Hero's 43 percent from the floor and he's averaging 18 points two points less on four less shots yeah so, come on so I'm look so i'm looking at the whole picture now and i'm looking at the stats and i'm like wait a minute I still probably would take Carroll for this year. The Heat roster is so deep and there's so many guys that can score, whereas we're really relying on a big three to do the majority of our scoring. But that's like kind of eye opening that I'm averaging two less points, oh, on four or less shots, four less shots, and shooting five percentage points better. It's that's, that's like an unbelievable year. And Tyrese Maxey's in his second year, whereas Tyler Harrow's in his third. So, Mike, like he's trying to make this argument with me. And I'm like, there's no way that. A, at any point next year and beyond, this is even a conversation. But but let me let me
0: throw some different context into this. So this is where my brain went. Right? If I were if first of all, I believe Tyler Hero as a sixth man can't be compared to a starting point guard, no matter who it is in, in a two guard in the league. I don't. You can't well, compare th- a bench player to a right. starter.
1: Okay, sure.
0: If I were asked, I I need a guy to play in one game right now today. To be the dude that stands at the arc and takes an open catch-and-shoot shot. And I was given the name Tyrese Maxi and Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. My initial instinct, not due to recency bias. If I leave recency bias out the door the last week out the door. A week, yeah, right. My, my, my first thought does go to Tyler Hero. Right. But I also do know. Because I am I've I've been an avid Maxi fan since he got here. So I know uh-huh. all of the in-depth stats. I am a pro football focus level stat- statistician on Tyrese Maxi. Cause I have been big on this kid since the day he got drafted. What I look at is, is if I'm looking to build a starting five, right? If that's my context, my context is, is you're building a team. You have your center, you have your forwards, you have one guy in your backcourt, you need another guard. Tyler uh-huh. Hero, Tyrese Maxi. It's obviously going to depend on the guy that I have. Like a James Harden facilitator, I'm going to want
1: to score, right?
0: But if I'm just give, if I'm given no context other than you got to pick between these two guys to complete your, your starting five,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: look at a guy like Tyler Hero, who's a great spot up shooter. I think Tyler Hero is a great player. We've talked about Tyler Hero yeah, dozens of him. times. He's a yeah. great player. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey gives you far more. He gives in you a more five on five game of basketball mm-hmm. than Tyler Hero can give you. If I Tyler agree. Hero doesn't have a screen setter. Tyler Hero can only make open jump shots. He doesn't have a drive. He doesn't have speed.
1: That's not true. I mean, we he, he he so from from year one to year two. Uh, for year one, Tyler Hero was only catch and shoot. He 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 got hot. He was he's running Duncan
0: around. Now that's what Duncan Robinson yeah. is right. A
1: uh, uh, year two, he got a, a little bit better and was able to drive a little bit. This year, he has a whole isolation package, but it's still not as good as Maxi's because no. he's. He is faster. He he's better at getting to the rim, and he's a better he's still a better dribbler and ball handler than. And Maxey is,
0: is. is the key is Maxi's a better finisher, like yes. that is what when we talk yeah. about James Harden's drivability, it's not his his hand his handle's disgusting, obviously. Yeah. But James Harden's not a fucking a, a, a ball of strength at, at six foot four going up against seven foot centers. It's his finishing ability, and yeah. that's what Tyrese Maxey has. Ty can finish around pretty much any defensive setup that he runs into i don't see that out of tyler hero bro so again if i'm leaving recency bias i'm going to agree with you if i was given zero context other than pick one of these guys i feel like tyler hero being a year further in his career regardless of these last five games is a more consistent player because i've seen it longer but by the end of the season i don't think that tyrese maxey doesn't take that over
1: I agree with you, and that's why I said anything beyond maybe today, next week, or a couple weeks from now. I I'm going with Maxi, and I don't I don't think it's particularly close. And I think even right now, like we weren't, it's one a one b like today. So let us get that out of the way. I'm glad we agree. We're not, it, and it, that sh- actually can show us for a second that we're not completely biased Sixers fans, right? No, so let's move no. on. Let's move on to the second point. We start talking about uh, playoffs. And at some point, these two teams are going to meet. Uh, it's probably going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I, I'm, I'm just guessing at this point they're going to finish one and two. Um, hoping they meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Even if
0: they finish one and three, it's still likely that yeah. that's where you meet.
1: So two completely different teams, right? You have one team that is just deep. Like the, the first and second team are just full of guys that can – you know, for the most part, play on both ends of, of the floor. I said to you
0: yesterday, it's Jimmy Butler and like seven B minus players. In the yeah, J-
1: it's Jimmy and Bam who are who are borderline all stars every year. Yeah, and then a guy, a bunch of guys who have like great potential and can play defense and can like, shoot. Like football.
0: six guys that could be the yeah. six man right. on every yes. championship contender. Yeah,
1: sure. Um, and then you have the other team, which has the best two players on the floor by far, and the best two out of. One of them is a top-five player, probably a top-three, maybe win the MVP this year, uh, depending on how the next couple weeks go, and one who's won the MVP, and I think everybody would still consider a top-ten player, and we overlooked this. You mentioned it earlier about his ability to pass. He's second in the league in assists. He's averaging his like facilitation 11
0: assists. His is unbelievable, bro. Everybody so, has, has missed that.
1: Right. So you have the best two players in the series. When we're talking about playoffs – I'm taking the best two players in the series over the deep roster every single time we saw it two years ago in the bubble with LeBron James and Anthony Davis playing that heat team. Um, it ju- that's just like the point right there. And then last year, I mean, for the most part, I think, you know, we all thought Chris Paul would be an MVP candidate, but it kind of worked out in the same way that I think it would work out this year. His comparison to me was, well, what happened when LeBron James and Dwayne Wade teamed up, and they were the two best guys on the floor, and they won two out of four? And it's like, well, did are we forgetting that like uh, Tim Duncan? Like, are we, are we like Dude, they didn't have as
0: many people that don't want to give credit?
1: Dirk Nowitzki
0: that year was
1: a top three player. He just was. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm, 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 I'm simply talking about, yeah, we we could talk about that that one year. I mean, he was probably, he was the best player on the floor at all times. He was better than LeBron was in the finals every single game. Um, But when we're talking about the Spurs, because they played them a couple times, it's like, no, they really didn't have the two best players on the floor. Wade wasn't better than Tim Duncan. And the styles that Wade and LeBron played with, they clashed. Um, we're not talking about a, a pairing of Harden and Joel Embiid where the styles this is perfectly what, a, what, a great, other.
0: what a great point. I literally just had a conversation with a fucking moronic Celtics fan yesterday, not the one that we know together, one I know myself. Yeah. An idiot Celtics fan who was trying to convince me that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown don't play the same game. And I keep trying to explain to this kid that the problem with what they're building in Boston is that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are too similar that they can't they clash. You yes. can't have two guys. It would be like if you had Damian Lillard and James Harden being the the the, the backcourt of your of your team. Now you have Joel Embiid, sure, or more Maybe like Dam- more like da- more like
1: Dame and Kyrie. Sure, because Harden's a great guys. facilitator. Yeah, right.
0: ball dominant guys. I'm talking about what we all thought James Harden was before he put his. Yeah, sure, in. sure. Because that's all I fucking heard about was Tyrese Max, He's not going to develop because he's never going to have the ball. And yeah, yeah, Joe's yeah. going to score seventeen a night instead of thirty because he's never going to have the ball. Yeah, no. But, but that—that's it's the same concept, bro. You have two guys that clash. If your game is too similar at your two best positions, that's exactly what happened with LeBron.
1: And, and, and one of the things that people fail to mention too, like when you talk about Tatum and Jalen Brown, like obviously it's not going to work because it almost didn't work in Miami. And those were two out of the five best players in the league. Tatum and Brown are the not New even Graham's two, two out of the 20. first 15. Yeah. So, top well,
0: 20 maybe Jalen Brown? Yeah. And I think you can make an argument that Tatum's in the top 15.
1: Yeah. And not to mention that Heat team, both of those guys were, were – all defensive, all NBA defensive players. That whole team as a whole was an all NBA defensive team. They built, they were Spoke built around Brown. defense. That's so
0: look at who their main guy is now. It's Jimmy. That's what Bro yeah. does, bro.
1: Yeah, and that so that's what the Heat are going to do this year. So uh, I'm more confident, and and you can't convince me otherwise. I'm taking. The, the two MVPs the, the two best players in the series over the deep team every single time, because Bro, I don't watch know
0: that game last night. If you watch that game last night and you tell me anything other than I feel confident in a, in a seven game series, because we, we were in that game up until three minutes left Yeah, with no James Harden. Plus you're going to be the it, second it, night of a back-to-back
1: in the finals. The, you have the same no, amount of fatigue.
0: Right, there's there's, there's of fatigue. no concern the only team I need to see them play whole now to be confident about the East is the Bucks. I yes. need to see them because they Milwaukee. have a big three. Because they have a big three. Well, well, let's let's we'll, we'll argue about the Bucks next time. There's okay. there's no big three with the Bucks, bro. Drew Holiday at best is the eighth or ninth best guard in the league. However, and Chris he's Jordan very is ha-
1: not that good. Okay, H- however, Drew Holiday is very valuable, and he is probably one of the best point guard on ball defenders in the NBA.
0: Bro, okay, cool, but what happened? This that? No, well, I can't, I can't. We have we're, we're, we won't. Like, you know, we don't. We don't have time to go we into gotta, the box. We got. We got to start. I got. I'm going to bring up a point where we're going to disagree now because we've agreed too much during this show so far. Okay. I need everybody. We're making a change in sports in case anybody okay. doesn't understand. Oh, we're going, going to happen. football. I need everyone to shut the fuck up about quarterback. Shut up. Shut up. It doesn't matter if Deshaun Watson gets cleared of every legal case and you get him for three seventh-round draft picks. I don't give a fuck what you give up for who you get. This team, as it stands, is so far away from competing for anything real, the quarterback does not fucking matter right now, number one. Number two, number two, let's look at recent history, okay? Carson Wentz's first season, his numbers – are worse than what Jalen Hurts put up last year. That's Mm -hmm. a fact. That's not opinion or feeling. That's a fact. Year two, what did the the Eagles do? They brought in Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. They gave him a couple of decent weapons. They drafted depth through the offensive line. They drafted depth through the defense. They signed Rodney McLeod. They had a team built around him, which allowed Mm -hmm. him to excel in year two. Now, I'm going to put a gigantic asterisk on what I'm about to say. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna say that. I don't know if this is possible or likely. But you don't? I don't know. I don't know. But if I look at the intangibles that Carson Wentz came in with, the things that you can't teach somebody. Yeah. And then I look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a thousand times better than Carson Wentz ever was at a young age.
1: Okay. Before I, you make so, point three, before you make point three, I agree wholly with point one. I, I actually good. agree that's I agree good. with you
0: that's um, good. I you mentioned that to me before that you don't believe that right now is the time to go sell the fucking farm and get a quarterback
1: yeah you now, too many with teams. that go being
0: on. said with that being said, I'm not saying this will happen I'm just saying it could and with the the shape of the team right now there's no reason to not see this through it is possible that Jalen Hurts makes a similar year two to year three leap. That Carson Wentz made year one to year two. Now everybody forgets Jalen Hurts's rookie year was a couple of games. His year two is Carson's year one. If no. he makes that okay. leap, why are we fucking talking about quarterbacks?
1: Because this, because this is the only place we disagree. Is I truly believe that he doesn't have the physical attributes arm wise to make that leap and and great, only- great
0: point I gotta stop you I gotta stop okay. you. I gotta stop you every member of the Eagles coaching staff and every person that has been talked about with Jalen Hurts in this offseason has said that there's no doubt his arm is over the line of acceptability he's not a strong arm quarterback he's not Malik Willis he's not going to throw 90 yard fucking bombs it's not the just that you need that
1: It's not just that.
0: What his problem is, let me ask you this question, right? If Jalen Hurts goes from right now, I believe he's a D minus reading a defense. If Jalen Hurts goes from a D minus to a B plus in this offseason and can read a defense, do you genuinely believe that his ability to throw the ball is going to hold him back from taking advantage of what's out there? You don't need a guy to throw a hundred yards. You need the guy to understand what he's playing against. And then his arm doesn't matter. Drew Brees was an MVP candidate for 15 years. And I don't give a fuck about this. He's retired and we got to talk about him nice now. Drew Brees was never (laughs) a deep threat quarterback. The motherfucker was the size of Allen Iverson. He was five foot nine and a quarter. Like he's not a guy that gunned the ball. Russell Wilson. Can he do it? Yes, but that's not what makes him elite. Well, no, Russell
1: Wilson can do it. I mean, Russell. Yeah, we'll leave, let's leave Russ does. out. Of, let's leave Russ out of the conversation. Um, the 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 biggest the the thing I the thing the problem that I have with this, and again, the only problem is I agree. If you go from a D minus to D- uh, to a B plus as far as reading defense defenses and you know for the most part where you're going to go before the snap you know and you know if that's not there exactly where you're going to go secondly i would agree that there's going to be you're going to see a big improvement and he's not going to look as bad but i also don't think he's going to look good and the only reason i say that is because every throw that he made this year that was on target for the most part had to be like perfectly set up. He had to get his feet set. He had to square his shoulders. He had to, he took, he takes a long time to throw the ball. He can't,
0: there's no, there's
1: no arm angles. What's that? You got
0: to give him time to learn. He started fucking 20 games in his career. No, but I'm not talking about the deep
1: defenses. That's not what I'm I'm talking
0: about. about. I'm talking about the mechanics of it, bro. Look at Josh Allen. Again, I'm not comparing Please, he's never going to be Josh Allen. But look at what happened with Josh Allen. Josh Allen comes in and has a rocket arm, has a little bit of good mobility, but his mechanics were a problem. Josh Mm -hmm. Allen works with a mechanics specialist in the offseason, and then next year, Josh Allen went from the 16th, 14th, to 16th best quarterback to a top-five quarterback in the league. Jalen Hurts right now is 20 to 25. If he can get from 20 to 25 to 8 to 15 – that quarterback so, can so move as to the a super Bowl if your depth is good enough
1: as a thrower of the football where do you think his ceiling is then because i think we have two different ideas like
0: a real life comp like a person
1: yeah like where do you as a thrower of the football like um, do, do, like because because i'm looking at him and i'm like i'm um, i'm like man like him and like he's close with like jimmy garoppolo like can he get to i don't know can he get to Derek Carr, like I don't, I, can he now, get let me to ask
0: you this question? I'm going to answer your question with a question. It's very rare. You get a guy that has escapability and a cannon arm, right? They don't exist. Like it's Josh Allen. They don't exist. It's not yeah. a lot of those guys. Justin Herbert can, can be elusive. Yeah. But he's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They're generational. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now though, bro, I watched those playoffs and I watched Patrick Mahomes. He does <laughs> not have it the same that he did. Patrick Mahomes
1: looks his, different. It looks he completely a little bit yeah.
0: changed his game. So yeah. let me ask you this question. You, have, you could get a guy whose ceiling is, let's use Patrick Mahomes. I think he's probably one of the most natural, well-equipped throwers of the football. He's a great passer. You can get Patrick Mahomes with no athleticism. And in today's world, I don't mean mm-hmm. fucking stone foot Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, the guy can get you three yards if, if, he, if the pocket collapses, but he's not going to run. I understand? Or you can have a guy that has a Derek Carr level arm, I'll use who you use, uh-huh. and elite athleticism to extend plays and make broken plays into positive yards. Who do you pick? That guy. You pick that guy, right? Yeah, So again, sure. this is what I wrote down, other than stop talking about quarterback and fucking gigantic letters. <laughs> There's two things that you can do in the draft this year as far as I'm concerned if you're the Eagles. Because let's be real, between you and I, with no recency bias and understanding who the fuck this team is, they're not making three first-round picks. They're not doing it. It's not going to happen. I know they've got them. They're not going to use the three of them. It's not possible. I I, I agree. So there's two opportunities here, right? You use two of the picks on defense, and you trade away one of those picks to be a first-rounder next year to hedge yourself against Jalen Hurts not making enough moves. The quarterback class next year is significantly better than this quarterback class. Mm -hmm. Or you do what I want them to do, which is you're going to draft a safety and an edge rusher with two of your first-round draft picks, and I don't give a fuck if it's too much money. You're going to give that third first-round pickup to go get Calvin Ridley on a cheap deal and sign another veteran-wide receiver and Uh put a room of weapons around your young quarterback to actually give him the chance to find out if he can become that guy. He could work with all the gurus in the offseason, bro. Jalen Hurts could spend every waking hour Still needs more, he still needs more help Yeah, around. If he has Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager yeah. as his second and third option, how yeah. many passes last year did we watch? You and I used to talk all the time. Hit Jalen Rager in the chest and can't catch the fucking ball, bro. Like he was not great. I'm not taking that away. Jalen Hurts season wasn't great, but he was made much worse by the shit awful. His, n- his, n- n-
1: his numbers would have been dr- drastically different. And and exactly. I would I would be going more, any hate would be purely eye test because I wouldn't be able to bring up the stats they would be that different I mean right. dropped six, six seven dropped balls in the end zone along with penalties we're talking about I mean we're right. we're, we're talking about deep balls that hit hit three or four guys in the hands throughout the season that would have gone for fifty to seven I mean it's a completely this different. Is why, stat.
0: and I have to say this too Quez Watkins is not a starting wide receiver in this league. I, I know love that. his speed. I think I think his separation is great. He runs really crisp, good routes. He doesn't have something. the fucking hands.
1: Let me ask you something. And and I I I know what I think about this. Uh, we just talked about this too. I and and Cowboys fans are going crazy. They hate the move. They hate the move because the numbers with Amari Cooper and without him, I don't understand it. I don't know who's who's. I don't know who's calling. I guess it's Jerry Jones for whatever reason. You know, Amari Cooper's twenty-seven years old. You, you yes. do know that, right? Yes. Um, so he's apparently making too much money where they need to shed seven million dollars. And give the extra $7 million to Michael Gallup to be their number one instead of Amari Cooper, who isn't a top 10 wide receiver, but is probably a top 10 route runner uh, in well, the league. Hold on.
0: And- their number one wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb. It's not going to be Michael Gallup.
1: Well, it's yeah. C.D. yeah. Lamb. Okay. But they're giving the money right now to Michael Gallup. Because Michael
0: Gallup's due right now. And the okay. reason why they're so- getting away from him is because. They need to have the money to sign Ceedee Lamb. What everybody's missing is—is by the trade deadline or the day of the new league year next year, Zeke is going out the same way because they got to pay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, of course they're they're paying forty-five
0: million dollars to Dak. So you're gonna ask me about Amari Cooper? Do I want Amari Cooper? Is that the question? Yes,
1: yes. Over, over a guy like Ridley. Okay, no, no, no. If you're
0: giving me an option, no, no. I take Ridley. Now again, let's talk about a couple of reasons why. A. Do you know how old Alshon Jeffrey was when the Eagles got him?
1: 28? He was
0: 27 when they signed. He was 28 uh-huh. when they played. Okay. They won a Super Bowl. He had well, a, a Ridley two, and
1: Cooper are both 27 right now. He,
0: he had two good seasons. Yeah. But no, I, I, I that that's a concern of mine. I also remember the amount of people I know who have DeMarco Murray jerseys stuffed in the back of their closet uh-huh. that they're waiting to use for kindling for the fire pit this summer. Because the Eagles can't sign former Cowboys. Now, <laughs> if you told me I was getting Amari Cooper for 10 to 12 million instead of the 20 that he's probably gonna get, sure, because Amari Cooper's not everything. You even if you sign Mike Williams, some of these other big he's, he's gonna wide get that somewhere. Yeah, some of these other big name wide receivers don't fix the problem. You not need more than one guy. So if oh. you got like a, an Amari Cooper and a DJ Shark where you had two guys that could immediately walk into the starting lineup of this team and really help Jalen Hurts be better yeah. at every level. Okay, I don't care which guy it is, but I would prefer the the 6 foot 3 Calvin Ridley over the undersized, slower Amari Cooper, especially after I watched him last season or 2 years ago, I can't remember when it was now, literally quit in the game against the Eagles. Literally would not go back in the game, sat on the sidelines and quit in the middle of a game. Yeah. Now, it's Dallas. They're fucked up there. I wouldn't want to play there either. I, I get it. But there's a lot of red flags. If it's not yeah. $18 million a year, yes, I'm in on Amari Cooper. If it's market value, I'd much rather Mike Williams. I'd much rather go get Calvin Ridley and pay him a new deal. I'd much rather find a different guy. than yeah,
1: and I and I would agree, and I would also say that you know, uh, com- when you compare the two wide receivers, like it's very easy to to see like what the Cowboys did with and without Amari Cooper. But at the same time, they have so many weapons on that team um, that I'm trying to figure out in my head how that one guy, when you have. Yeah, I know Pollard and Zeke aren't like great running backs, but then you have a trio of wide receivers and Dak Prescott, who over the last couple of years has been pretty good. Um, yeah, why, why, why Amari, why Amari Cooper had such a big impact on their wins and losses? Where well, it do doesn't, you think that's
0: what this is for them? Amari did what they needed him to do, and now they're like, "Fuck it, we're going to spend the money somewhere else." I, I
1: don't, I, I really don't understand it because the win and loss. If, if the goal is to win football games. Your wins and losses and, and Dax numbers are so different with and without Amari Cooper. I don't understand why you don't keep him and find a way to, to trade Michael Gallup, uh that because he's due the money or something along those, or or drop, you know, Zeke and, and have that dead money until next year. Just well, I, I will tell you, though. I
0: don't I don't understand why the first thought to them in a money-saving move was yeah. Amari Cooper, not Ezekiel. LA. It's weird. Like yeah. Amari Cooper, his hit is like 18 and a half this year. And Zeke is only like 14. I say only he's a running back and it's 14 or 15 million. But th- there is a, a, a few million dollar difference. But for me, I'm letting Zeke go a hundred times out of a hundred before I'm letting the leader of my wide receiver yeah, it's, go. Now, again, it's this little is a confusing. part of the reason why I'm caused pause. What we just what you just said about Amari Cooper, the wins and losses, what he did for Dak, all that other shit. Why are they still deciding that this is the right way to go? What maybe do he doesn't want to be there? Maybe. maybe he
1: doesn't maybe he doesn't want to be there.
0: I don't. I don't mean to sound like the anti-James Harden guys right now, but he also didn't want to be in Oakland, and he forced his way out of Oakland. Now, he well, I mean, Dallas they were they were shit out of
1: Dallas. They've been a shit show for a long time in Oakland. I mean, I I think yeah, even if I'm losing playoff games in Dallas, i I think I'm living a pretty cushy life. Like I'm in Dallas. I have Jerry Jones as my owner. I have this awesome arena to play in. Like it's Bro, kind Lincoln of was
0: moving to Vegas before he forced his way out, and they knew that.
1: Yeah, you'd rather yeah. be in
0: Vegas than fucking Dallas, Texas. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sure with all that money, they'd much rather be in <laughs> Vegas. Like, I, I per- know Joe Rogan personally- made it
0: popular to live in Texas. I get it, well, but it's not no, fucking per- Vegas. Per-
1: personally, I I'd rather personally be in Dallas. I'm not like a big Vegas guy, but I if I'm a football player with all that money and I'm twenty something years old, I'm probably I probably want to be in Vegas hundred times out of a hundred. Um, so yeah, I I don't understand it. Um, any more yeah, Eagles points? So quick,
0: yeah, e- Eagles. Is Jason Kelsey going to retire or not?
1: Um, no, because I think if you're taking this long to make a decision, you know that there's something in you that wants you to play another year and you're hoping it goes away. Um, I think it's there
0: a possibility. I had this conspiracy theory. So let's say that the Eagles pick, they're going to trade away or uses the assets. 19, they're going to use 15 and 16 and 19 is going to be the trade piece. Uh-huh. If you get to 19 and Linderbaum's on the board, which he could be, who is a plug-and-play center in this offense. He's a zone-blocking center. He literally – you drop him into this offense and you lose nothing yeah. over Jason Kelsey. Yeah. If Linderbaum is there at 19, is that the conversation happening in the war room of the Eagles? Is Howie Roseman calling Jason not Kelsey? A, not if – not If you're retiring or coming back, I need to know right now to make a
1: pick. Well, you would expect them to, to know before the draft. They're not going to go into the draft not knowing if if they have Jason Kelsey or not. But I think, you know, over the over the years, there's always like one or two plug-and-play centers every year. One gets taken in the first round, one gets taken in the second round, and then there's some guy that develops in the third round. So I don't I don't know if it's a need immediately. Um, if you have Kelsey coming back, I know they want to keep Dickerson at this point. They're planning on probably keeping him at left guard, maybe moving Isaac uh, somewhere else. And then Brandon Brooks just retired. So you got to figure that out. So at so some Isaac's point, it, right it, yeah, at some point in the first or second round, you got to draft an offensive lineman. But I think if Kelsey's coming back, you, if you want an offensive lineman and there's someone there, you take him at, at the right guard position or something along those lines, and you save the center position for next year. There's too many defensive needs, and if you want to address right guard immediately, I understand. But even like when Herbig has consistently enough time to play, or Driscoll has consistently enough time to mesh with the same offensive line over and over, they do a good enough job where you're not going to need to address the center position until next year. Sure, you've
0: you got you got an All-Pro left tackle, an All-Pro center, and Jason Kelsey. I believe that. Brandon Dickerson will be an all pro
1: guard yeah, next year and
0: Lane Johnson still. So yeah. I, I think you have enough where if, if you suffer at center for a year or two, it's not a big deal.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd almost rather address the, the right tackle position because it's harder to learn in the NFL and you have sure. to give someone a year because Lane Johnson's been injured so much than go to the, the center oh, direction.
0: When, when, when you're honest. not allowed to take steroids anymore, your body breaks down a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying what's the truth. Um, two questions. Do you trade up for Kyle Hamilton?
1: I haven't, dra- I haven't looked into the draft. I looked into the draft enough. No, I can't no, have a draft. I'm going to give you a Rhett. brief
0: overview of what everybody has agreed upon. That are the draft experts. He is the premier safety to come out of the draft in the last 15 years.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if it
0: the, costs you it, 19 you, a two and a one next year to get the guy that anchors the secondary, 19 a
1: two rules. and a one. No, yeah, I don't. No? I don't think I do that. No. Well, you
0: understand? Do you know? Do you know where he's mocked? Have you looked at the mocks? He's
1: uh, mocked anywhere between 10? three and six three. And okay. Six.
0: I, so you, he's a great safety, right? From, Notre Dame from 19 to three to six.
1: Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's uh, your, uh, Howie has shown that if he has a guy that he wants to move up and get, or if he, his guy's not there, he will move back. He's done both of those things. So I'm confident, like if he's locked in on someone and he wants Hamilton that bad, that he'll go and get him. Me personally, I don't want to give up Basically, two extra picks the following year when I'm still building a team based off potential of a draft. Because I, I'm not saying anybody's going to be a bust, but there's always a possibility that know. something doesn't pan out. So you're I don't, I don't, Achilles when,
0: in practice. yeah, when, you when you're know.
1: still building, if we had our team set and we're ready to win a Super Bowl and we need to plug in a safety like right away from day one and that's the guy and you want to go get him, then fine. But with all the needs that we have and the needs we're still going to have next year to address with the offensive line and a couple pieces on defense you can't give away two two picks next year okay. uh second just to trade up
0: this year second question is it possible and if it happens are you willing to come with me and the thousands of others to burn down the care complex if they draft another wide receiver in the first round <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I, uh, I'll be there. I'll drive up. Uh, I, it's still April for me, so I'm not in season. I have time. I can make the drive up. I'll bring some buddies with me. Um, I, man, if they can't draft if, a if, wide receiver,
0: in the if first they don't go, again, like they if they do. don't
1: go out and sign a wide receiver that they know can play in the NFL. That you're not, you can't draft one. I mean, you, you just, can't
0: draft another wide. Receiver. I don't draft. care. I don't care if every wide receiver falls to you at fifteen, and all of them are available. Yeah, you can't I, draft a wide receiver because they're not going to take the row. right.
1: Take one in the third round that right. you think should have been drafted early second and call it a right. day, but don't touch right. them in the first two right. rounds. Try to I'm hit now. on the
0: John Hightower again. Do not spend of yeah, you no. have you need a linebacker, an edge rusher, a safety, a corner, an offensive lineman, and who knows what's going on with Miles Sanders, maybe a running sure. back. So speaking Why of would that you draft a wide receiver.
1: Yeah. So speaking of that too, and and if, is that actually a conversation that the Eagles might draft a wide receiver? Is that, are people having that? Dude, it's been like,
0: hap- That's what everybody's been talking about. This this kid that ran a a four two six or some shit. Olave. I saw that's that. Yeah. Ohio
1: State. About. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, my God. I'm out. I don't care. I don't. I don't care if he runs a four one. I'm out. God, the
0: kid London has been tied to us a bunch. It's it's they are. A lot of people are talking because they have three ones. A wide receiver being one of the picks for the Eagles.
1: All right, so my, my forget about that. I don't. I don't want to talk about first round wide receivers. Um, <laughs> so still is is your the, the last the last conversation I heard on the radio before this. We'll end on this because I got a, a couple things we got to do. We're almost at an hour here. Um, so Frank Gannon's obviously going to be our defensive coordinator again, uh, to the disappointment of a lot of Eagles fans. Uh, it's been mentioned and talked about on radio. Um, some small, like a small portion of defenders, just saying that is actually not his defense. And the reason he wasn't able to run what he normally runs and wants to run and be aggressive is because his defense is actually. Um, based around having really, really good linebackers, and he didn't have it. So he had to place – like, and I don't buy into this because I think you should be able to make some type of adjustment to, to to be a little better than you were. I know statistically they ended up about middle of the pack, but the eye test tells you this was like the, the most atrocious defense in the league and was just a terrible we thing missed, to watch. We missed Jim Schwartz, which I never yeah. thought any of us would say. So do you really believe that – the defense was just so bad last year and he just didn't have his pieces where like if he actually gets a a linebacker that he loves and a safety that pans out this year and they end up signing another linebacker that can play football, that this defense and this scheme is going to be a lot better being ran by Gannon.
0: I believe Jonathan Gannon is, is one of the worst defensive coordinators I've ever seen. It's all good. I I, I believe he, based on what I saw last year is one of the worst defensive coordinators I've ever seen. I went for. I started last year going, "Who the fuck are these people?" Sirianni's not going to work. Gannon's bullshit. I would. That's where I started the year. I ended the year with Sirianni earned to show me what what he can do in in a year or two, mm. and I didn't move an inch on Jonathan Gannon. I think the the. I, well, the- I, went, I went. I went. I went
1: south on Gannon. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I, was to, I, I was I was. I was to give him a chance. Yeah
0: so so I I I listen to guys I you you know I'm in the car all the fucking time less yeah. now because my job's different which is great but I'm in the car all the time and I listen to I listen to Brandon Graham's show that he does on WIP I listen to all these guys talk and what I got from the players this year was what we all were concerned. Sirianni was with that fucking plant the seed and grow the flower fucking press conference of yeah. You can't be talking to grown men this way. There's no way that they're responding to you, which they did eventually. They did,
1: yeah. I'm Each-
0: I'm see I've been seeing even in the off season this year, uh, Gannon does not have that defensive locker room. Yeah, and when you've got your your leader is a, a I mean a disgustingly overpaid Fletcher Cox. Brandon Graham, who was out all season last year with an injury, so he couldn't be that guy, and and a bad coordinator. I don't, I don't. I'm so sad that that Jonathan Gannon didn't get one of these jobs. I mean, I, I feel for Brian Flores. I, I wish he got something better than the linebackers job. I would have loved to have him linebacker. as our
1: defensive coordinator.
0: But I, I don't. I, I I wish that Jonathan Gannon got a head coaching job, and I would have taken Nick Sirianni's nephew as the fucking <laughs> defensive coordinator yeah. over Jonathan Gannon. I don't want to say that that's not true, that that storyline's not true. I've heard the same, that he is very much a linebacker-based defense. Yeah. But I also refuse to believe that all of a sudden Jeff Lurie and Howard Roseman are going to value that position. They're going to take one at 15 or 16, the best guy in the draft, or go spend big money on a guy. I mean, again, the best linebacker we've had since Jeremiah Trotter is Nigel Bradham, and the Mm -hmm. only reason you signed him is because he was fucking hurt for two years and was cheap. And he yeah. came in and performed. And the moment that he was due money, where'd he yeah. go? Somewhere fucking else. That's what yeah. they do. So, so I don't want to say that's not the case, but bro, yeah. I don't I don't believe it. I don't believe yeah, it. Yeah, I don't I
1: don't buy it either. Cause I just think there's there's little things you can do here and there that just make the defense look better than they did, uh, not dropping back in pre event, not giving be, up I'm eight yards. Just, be
0: yeah, be just a, a little bit. aggressive, do something.
1: So, so there's 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 one of two things that's gonna happen this year. We're gonna take a huge step forward, and uh we're gonna look like a team like I don't know, the Arizona Cardinals. Or we're gonna take a massive step backwards. Uh everything's gonna get fucked up and we're gonna look like the Carolina Panthers. I don't think, I don't think we stay where we're at, but I think this is like the make oh, or yeah, break no, like, this is, where we go. No, yeah,
0: this is either this is either post or pre the process for the Sixers, whatever's yeah. about to happen. Yeah I don't
1: know I'm, which one it is. But I'm glad that's I'm about glad I'm glad we're on the final chapter of the process. Uh that's all we got today. We're about an hour in. Uh covered a lot. Love this show. today. This was a good one. Uh, not, we'll talk about when we'll be back. Uh, I know a couple of you people tuned in here and there. Probably like I don't know, yeah, solid like eight guys today. So hey, hey, hey. We'll, we'll we'll update everybody, let them know when we're uh, coming back. Um, Big Facts is on all streaming platforms. We'll get this up on Spotify and anything o- Odyssey, whatever that you guys stream on, and uh, we'll have so hopefully some video clips, and you guys will be able to watch this live on the Big Facts page. I'm Aaron Barrison. That's Justin Everett. Any closing thoughts?
0: uh go Sixers bro go Let's Sixers. Go. I can't What's wait for champi- to get back on the court this is a championship team in basketball in Philadelphia for the first time since I was 10 years old I'm excited
1: all right buddy I love it I'll talk to you soon and we'll see the viewers later
0: sounds good man